Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of How to Scale a Business. I'm on with Benjamin Johnson, founder and CEO of Particle 41. Thank you so much, Benjamin, for being in the show. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, happy to join. Awesome. And um, before we dive into this business that you have in DevOps um, software space, can you tell us how did you like get into the space? Like just a little bit about yourself. Sure. Yeah, I cre- uh, I'm a serial entrepreneur. So I created an online travel company uh, right out of college uh, and uh, was able to grow that quite significantly. But after growing a, an online travel company, I also got into travel marketing and I, I started a travel marketing company and I, I also did the same in finance a few years later. So we got into collecting data off a lot of different advertiser sites um, and then the publishers where we would uh, help um, distribute their and monetize their content. We'd also create a ton of data. I couldn't buy hardware fast enough to support the level of um, the level of data that we were collecting from uh, from online. So we ended up being really early cloud adopters and uh, found a niche in uh, creating high capacity, high performing software and really the teams that drive that. Which pays off uh, this very day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And um, this is like the the question that I have for you because in your space, things are changing pretty fast. So there's like new software every day. And how do you navigate through this um, changing Excuse me. I'm Bless sorry. How do you navigate to this like a changing software landscape and just leverage this um, change to deliver like competitive advantage? How do you do that? Yeah. Well, we have to have a culture internally of craftsmanship and constant learning. So we uh, we can't limit ourselves by what we know today. We have to be uh, really good at rapidly learning and trying out new technologies. Uh, so we have a group of folks that are always trying new things and then um, showing those new things and their um, success or or challenges with the rest of the team. Uh, and so uh, as, as we came out of COVID and entered into the great resignation, as people were calling it, my team actually had uh, very low attrition compared to the market because we focused on that culture of, of learning and um just of learning and, and mm. craftsmanship. I see. I see. And I know every um every company have like their struggles and um like obstacles that they've been through, especially with COVID. Um, but my question is with this company that you have, the Particle 41, which has been up and running for over um nine years now, almost a decade. But with this um, time that you've um, like have this business, what's like the, the greatest struggle that, that you experience and how did you overcome that? Um, well, I don't typically focus on that too much. I think one of the things you have to do is you have to detach uh, a little bit um, and you just have to have a, a heavy ownership of the problems at hand. So uh, we, uh, when we are uh, challenged with maybe we're in a market for example, where um, unemployment is very low and so it's hard to find great people, then we focus on training. Uh, we focus on uh, really reducing our uh, our recruiting process to its bare essentials. So uh, you have to adapt. You have to adapt or you die. 
And change uh, is the one constant in the business and customers are the one constant. So I think as long as you focus on your customers' needs and you um, you focus on your customers' needs and you're willing to make changes uh, to adapt to market demands, then uh, you're going to be fine. And is it really, if you enjoy challenge, uh, is it really a problem to, I mean, um, my folks always kind of, mentioning that even when something tough is happening, I, I, I say good because the great, this is an opportunity for us to learn and grow and uh, adapt and rise to the challenge. So we, we just try to roll with it. And um, so I look back and I don't think of any particular period of time that was more challenging in another because we were always pushing ourselves to do more and be better. You know, it's just amazing when I ask you like about the struggle and the obstacle you said you you don't focus on that one because you don't see it that way. So problems for you, you see it as an opportunity. Yeah, if everything was going good, we would still figure out which metric we can improve in our business and um, how we could do uh, better and move faster for our clients. So um, even when things are going good, we're always looking for that opportunity to improve. So that will leave you like a lot of room for growth. Like there were a lot of opportunities if you have that kind of mindset, which is like pretty amazing. So, and when you say that, um, I just remembered like um, like the, the Great Depression that happened uh, in the market, and a lot of like companies strive, which is companies that have like the same mindset as you do right now. If I'm not mistaken, like I'm seeing problems and struggles as opportunity, like knowing how to position yourself to leverage this change with your, uh, as your advantage. Sure. Yeah. So, if you adapt, then you actually turn that, uh, cause everyone's struggling with the same market. The market is the constant, but if you can adapt faster than your competitors, then you'll be just fine. Uh, and so we look for the right changes to, to make, uh, we make sure that we don't, um, uh, we don't have a culture of blame, uh, in, mm, in, in our amazing. business. It's not about that. It's about finding the right system of how people and technology can work together to achieve what we want to achieve. And uh, first and foremost, knowing the goal, like what are we trying to achieve? How do we know if there's a problem? And when we do that, we see things that we can improve. Um, I always say there are no easy projects. There's no easy client engagements. And if you go in with that mindset, then we always do what we say we would do. And we uh, always behave according to our core values. That's pretty amazing. So it's just instead of wasting your energy complaining or blaming, of course, you just focus on like finding solutions or resolving the current problem that you have, which you see as an opportunity. But talking about change, how do you keep up with the latest trends and development, especially sure. with this um, new AI that's around, like chat GPT? Sure. What, yeah, what is your like? So we immediately dive right in. Uh, so we find out what it can do and what it can't do. Um, sorry, some background noise, uh, lawnmower outside, but uh, we, uh, we jump in right in. So we find out what can it do? What can't it do? How could it help us? Um, and we start figuring that out, not only for ourselves, but for our clients. So we've already created a service area for AI. We are actively looking for clients that have problems that they think AI could uh, could fix. And we're doing a, uh, a CAP, a CTO advisory package, or we have a playbook 
for hearing your idea, how you want to incorporate AI and how you think that would help. And then we will do a complimentary um, kind of workup on your idea and how it may, uh, how AI chat GPT may help you uh, accelerate past the market. Um, but yeah, we're already have staff that are exploring that. And then we are actively trying to provide service to help folks uh, figure out how they can leverage that technology in their business. So without being said, you'll be like way ahead of the game. If that would be like the mindset that you will cultivate, you know, one of the things that I'm very glad about is that, um, you attending to our podcast, especially you are in the space, you have extensive experience in the space already. And a lot of, or majority of our listeners are in software, um, also in tech company from small to medium sized businesses. So with your experience in the space, aside from the struggle that you experience with your businesses and, and how you see these struggles, what do you think will be like the greatest challenge for software um, tech and IT industry that will be facing like, let's say like two to five years from now? Like with your experience, how do you anticipate like so, um, well, changes? What I think, in- yeah, sure. So what I think, and, and if, if we want to stay on the AI thing just for a bit, I think we have to be a little bit concerned about where it will make us dumber. Uh, imagine uh, mm-hmm. there's a device where you, you, uh, two people from different languages can sit next to each other and have a fluid conversation, but neither of them actually know each other's language. So uh, let's say an AI is helping them to communicate. It's doing the transfer, uh, the translation in a in a seamless way. I think that will uh, will happen very soon. Like your series and your Alexas and your Google Translates are about to get super good, right? Um, but does that then make us dumber as a society, where now it's not it's no longer valued to have uh, bilingual folks, right? So over time, I think we have to be careful in much the same way um, that our parents were displaced by the industrial revolution and the digital age. Um, will uh, will some folks be displaced by uh, by AI, where their jobs are basically nominalized because we can have the computer do them? And so that's something to keep in mind that if you're seeing an AI be able to uh, do a certain amount of your uh, of your work, you need to embrace that. Um, and help that accelerate so that you can really apply your expertise. Expertise is the currency. Um, and then how you okay. apply that to people, AI will not be able to do that very well. And so um, while I don't think it's, uh, you know, some something to worry about is definitely something that needs to be leveraged and very quickly. Very quickly. I agree with you with that one. And um, with this business that you got, what are like, can, can you share like any like specific strategies or like, let's say tactics that you've used to successfully like market the um, service that you have? If you can share any. Um, I think uh, we all have to look at different mediums. The majority of my business is built on referral. So the number one mm-hmm. thing you want to do in any business is re- to be really good to your customers. And then your customers will recommend word of mouth is as by far the most effective uh, marketing strategy ever. So um, before you worry about marketing in the traditional sense of paid search or sales, you're going to hire some people to, to send emails and call mm. folks. Before you go there, you need to make sure that your product is good and uh, that your customers want to tell other people about it. If your customers aren't referring 
then uh, it's highly risky to start spending a lot of money on customer acquisition. Um, but then, you know, you have to find out how you want to, uh, how you want to find new customers. You have to uh, proceed and test and, uh, and figure that out. Um, we all have to do it. And the mediums for advertising are not very diverse. Uh, you know, we have social media, we have email, we have, um, and we have good old fashioned direct marketing. So um, I think uh, I am still constantly evaluating those different mediums and which ones I want to participate in, uh, which ones my ideal customer wants me to participate in and where they want to find me. And uh, I have to lean into those and figure out what measure uh, I want to spend on those things uh, to grow my business. Um, but number one thing is focus on your customers and your customers will help you grow. Mm. I agree. And when you say that word like referral, um, it will like click to people's mind that when you heavily um like what rely on referral, that means you have a good and quality service. So you're providing these people a good experience because it will not be like that easy to receive referrals, especially if you're not providing like quality work. So that reflects on how good you are and what you do. That's your that's why you are being referred. So um can you speak about like any metrics or KPIs that you use to measure the success of your business? Uh, yeah, we definitely look at the lifetime of the customer. So uh, at Particle, our average, uh, like our average engagement length is three to five years. Um, mm -hmm. So I want my customers to be a lot of SaaS companies will measure this in churn but I really want to extend the lifespan of, of an engagement. I want to partner with my customers for as long as possible. That may mean that I need to create new services to keep them engaged. It may also mean that certain services, as I get better at doing them, as I can deliver them more cheaply, I may need to pass some of that savings on to my customers. Um, so, uh, so yeah, we want to, we want to make sure that our customers who are with us, the, the longest are the ones that we uh, really take care of because we want to see that uh, average length of engagement really extend. And um, and this is interesting for maybe uh, like a tech, we don't do typically a lot of project work. Um, we're more of like a staff augmentation. Uh, we really want to be a technology partner for our clients. But if you do project work, then you would want to see that you're getting repeat projects from your existing client base. This prevents you from having to spend a lot of money in acquisition because you're constantly mm -hmm. replacing, um, you know, replacing the customers that you've already, uh, you know, you've already served. So figuring out how to make your clients sticky is really important. So we look at that. Um, and then of course we look at all the other things mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, average deal size, cost of acquisition and those kinds of things. But uh, mainly, I want to make sure that my customers are, uh, you know, just continuing to grow with us and that we're, um, you know, we're exceeding the market demands around their business. And talking about that um, client retention, can you provide us like, can you provide like an advice that's like tangible um, solutions or thing that we, that our listeners can do in to increase the, um, increasing the rate of the retention of their clients? So do you have like any advice um, regarding with that? Yeah, I think uh, it's just a, a regular communication channel. So 
Uh, we definitely do like monthly business reviews, quarterly business reviews with our clients. Mm. Uh, a lot of businesses, as they scale, they talk to their clients less. And we found okay. that if we want to grow, we need to talk to our clients more. So our main tactic is, um, and this goes back to this this kind of mantra that we have about there are no easy projects. So once you've had a client for a year, two years, you kind of think, well, you know, they're going to be our client forever. We we can do less communication with them or we can have less of a relationship with them because mm. you get comfortable, right? So you don't do, maybe you um, don't do that. And what we say is there's no easy projects. And so we need to uh, make sure that regardless of whether you're our first client or you're the one we just found um, and have just started, we uh, we have a consistent communication framework and also establishing what are those frameworks, what are those standards, and um, really being um, making sure that you treat every customer with the same amount of quality, regardless of how comfortable you might feel uh, with that particular customer. And I agree with that one hundred percent. You also write with what you have said. Like we sometimes like uh, take for granted because we've been working with them for a very long time. That's why we reduce the, the communication that we're doing. So one of the things that will help, aside from having a good and quality work, is constant communication with these customers that you have. And what advice can you uh, provide to our listeners, especially in this uh, small to medium-sized businesses who are, who are in the same space as you do, who want to do to scale further um, their business? Like It's a pretty general question, but... What advice can you give them if they want to scale in the space? Um, my advice would be kind of similar to what we've said already, like just do what you say you will do and make sure that every client is well served. Um, you can't uh, you can't scale by replacing the clients that you have now. Right. So uh, making having that customer focus um, and then being willing to broaden uh, the types of services and listen to uh, your users. Um, I think that's really the essential thing. That way you create a stable base of the service that you're already providing. And then um, you're looking for how to appeal to more people. I think uh, one tactic is the, the the beauty of a case study. So if you can uh, have your existing customers um, and um there are services out there. Success Kit is one of them. Um, they're great at really streamlining the the case study process, where they will you know go talk to the customer uh, and establish that case study for you very quickly. And that's a great way to uh, establish trust with new customers. You don't necessarily have to do this. Uh, hey, I want to talk to a previous customer. Can I have a referral call? Instead, you just slide them the case study because you've um, put that together in advance. I think that's a really good tactic for building trust with new customers as well. I totally agree with that one. And I'm just amazed with how simple things are. Uh, the more like um, people um, stay in the um, like industry where they at, or the more mature they are and what they do, the more like simple things go. Like what you just said, just um, focus on the quality instead of like replacing um, the long-term clients that you have by the, these numbers of new clients. Um, it would be better if you will like focus on the quality. So the simplicity um, 
with in the sincerity with the, the answer you provided just reflects i believe on what quality that you provide with your um service so which is which is pretty amazing so the information that you provided to us uh benjamin it's um somehow simple but it's pretty impactful like it's super insightful as well and we can consider that uh, as a liquid gold so if um anyone wants to um connect with you like thinking about partnering with you I wanted to reach out with you. What would be the best way to do that? Oh, just email me directly. My email address is ben at particle41.com. I'd love to hear from you. And I'm Benjamin R. Johnson on LinkedIn. Okay. And um, you've heard the guy provided his contact information. And again, what you provided to us, Benjamin, are super insightful. And for our listeners, we have uh, received another pour of a liquid gold from this experience, an amazing individual that we have in the show. So, Benjamin, really appreciate you attending to our podcast. Yeah, thanks so much for the kind words. I appreciate it. It's our honor. It's our honor. And everyone, see you in the next episode. Cheers.